Hello and welcome to a ep- well, the first episode of NFL DFS from Down Under. It's a little bit different to DFS Down Under podcast last season, so I guess it is technically the first episode of NFL DFS from Down Under. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Josh Why normally joined by Josh Woot, but uh, he has a soccer grand final on Sunday and they're going through the motions there in the final training session. Uh, so he'll be joining us from next week onwards. We wish you luck. And our other co-host... Uh, through the season will be Daryl, Data Daryl, Dr. Data, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know him from Stats Insider, Fantasy Insider, um, and the podcast last year. How are you going, Daryl? Yeah, really good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, we're How good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, I'm excited that we finally can dip our toes into DFS. Uh, obviously we couldn't do it last week just due to the madness and, uh, you know, you know, Moneyball and, and Draft Stars been a little bit slow off the rank to get things up and running, uh, for week yeah. one, but, um, even in week two, a little bit slow and, <laughs> and off the mark, but, um, still gives us plenty of time here to, to put some stuff together, uh, for week two and, and then start to get on a roll for the rest of the season. Um, how did you go last week anyway? Um, once the, the cruncher got up and running, how did, how did it fare? Yeah, it was a, bit of a race to get it up in time um contest as you say contest going up late um yeah it went pretty well so i think we kind of break even if we had a few good players a few iffy players on the kind of main sunday slate um but the thursday night game i had a tied first at moneyball yep. um we'll talk a bit about their salary cap later but i think it was like an eight-way tie and at one point it was about a 30-way tie for first um wow and then on the what was it the double game slate? So the two Monday night football games had a second place at Draft Stars. So yeah, good first weekend, really. Yeah, definitely. And I, I said the cruncher. Um, you are the creator and owner and operator of the uh, the fantasy uh, insider lineup cruncher, the, the very popular and very famous uh, DFS tool. Uh, for those joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, but uh, they'd probably like to know a little bit more about that and and fantasy insider. If you could. Let them know how it works and, and what's available in terms of subscriptions and things like that so that if they want to uh, trust the model like you do and have success with, they can uh, join in as well. Yeah, so Fantasy Insider was our first kind of sports information site. So um, it basically uses our same kind of machine learning models that we use on Stats Insider, which we talked about on the other podcast, um, but basically to project how each player is going to perform. So we analyze a heap of data points. We put out those projections for each player. Um, if you're a premium user of Fantasy Insider, so you have the subscription, then you can access those projections. Um, if you're a free user, um, we show the average, I think, of the player's last five games, um, and you can use that. The country itself is, uh, the technical term, I guess, is kind of a linear optimization tool, but basically it's around just building the best combination of players that you can within certain constraints. So obviously by default, you've got to have you know, you've got to have your quarterback, your running back, your wide receivers, your tight ends, your flex players. Yep. Um, you've got to be under the salary cap. Um, and then you can add extra constraints into it. So if you want to stack, for example, three players from Green Bay, you can do that and it will give you, you know, 10 to 40 or more lineups that meet that criteria. Yep. So it's basically a good way of building up a portfolio lineup that you can enter into DFS contest. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for people that do want to uh, use that and take advantage of the you know advantage that it brings, uh, what packages are available? Yep. So on Fancy Insider, we just have the one premium option. So it's thirty nine ninety five a month, um, and they get you access to basically all the sports that we have on there. So this weekend you've got the NFL, but you've also got the AFL and the NRL finals, yep. um, and of course we'll have NBA um, in what a month or a month and a half from now. Yep, and Big Bash as well. 
Yeah, Big Bash. That's coming up, uh, coming around quicker than we can imagine. Like mid December, yep. it might start a bit earlier this year. But yeah, that's always a fun one. Awesome. Uh, I can't wait for that. Big Bash was fun last season. All right, so that's the Fantasy Insider lineup cruncher and DFS from a whole. Um, so in Australia now, traditionally we've had Moneyball and Draft Stars, but um, Draft Kings has entered the mix now for this season, so Australians can play against the best in the world um, and you know f- compete for bigger prize money. It also makes it a lot harder, um, but uh, there's also you know advantages and disadvantages to that. Um, but the cruncher only works for Moneyball and Draft Stars as of right now. Yeah, that's right. So we're still supporting the Australian platforms. Um, we're looking at possibly adding Draft Kings around the start of NBA season. Um, but so yeah, slightly bigger piece of work to get that up and running. Um, and then there's been some interesting changes in the Australian sort of platforms as well this year that have kind of kept us busy. So Draft Stars have introduced their new kind of single game format, which is a seven player team rather than a nine player team. And, Moneyball this week, for some reason, after the first week of the season, decided they'd um, ditch the kickers. So you're up to two flex positions on Moneyball now. Yeah, um, I'm all for ditching the kicker. Um, I just don't understand the timing of it. Um, yeah, that, that baffles me. Um, but yeah, definitely agree with the, the move away from kicker and adding a flex. I think the more players you pick, the harder it gets. Um, it means that you know researching and, and using tools like um, yeah, the lineup cruncher is obviously a massive advantage. Yeah, I think it certainly gives you an advantage. I mean, the crunch is always going to do better in sort of tighter cap scenarios. Yep. Um, so when you're kind of struggling to put a team together, that's kind of where a lineup optimizer kind of offers the most benefit. And the draft star salaries are pretty much um, pretty tight this year. I think it's quite hard to kind of get multiple combinations. Um, stacking is getting harder. So draft yep. stars, I think, are doing one way the crunch is particularly useful this year. Moneyball, I think, I'm hoping they're going to revise their salaries because I think if you put our top-ranked players in tomorrow, you've got you know 3,600, four grand left, which is you know nearly 10% of the cap. So it's ridiculous. All right, well, let's get straight into it here. And before we go through players and things like that, it is worth noting that uh, in terms of strategy, uh, a good starting point is always to look at the Vegas lines um, and look at the the implied totals that are, are brought on by lines. So just looking this week, Kansas City at Pittsburgh has the highest total of 53. Uh, Cleveland at New Orleans has the second highest total at 49.5. And, and Detroit at San Fran is the third highest total there at 48. And it's also worth noting when there's a big uh, sort of price gap in terms of favoritism. So the Rams are double-digit favorites at home against Arizona. New Orleans at home against Cleveland are 10 points. And then the Chargers are 7.5-point favorites as well on the road. So there's some good starting points um, looking at team totals and things like that. And that's all sort of stuff that the cruncher... Uh, users as well. Yeah, so it's priced into um, the crunch of predictions. So the crunch of predictions get extracted from kind of the same simulations that we're using on Stats Insider. So yep. I think, we, for example, have the Browns a little bit closer um, to New Orleans than 10 points. So yep. in that case, we're probably kind of assuming that New Orleans win by somewhere between what the market says and what yep. we say. So it's kind of that's the little caveat I'd put on that. Yeah, definitely. So... Um, if you think that, you know, a team, you know, if you favor a certain line, you think they should be higher favorites, then obviously you can use your personal bias and thoughts in, into your lineup and, and how you go about it. Um, all right, yep. well, let's let's start at the quarterback position. Um, and obviously, the cruncher doesn't uh, use DraftKings, so we'll just talk Moneyball and Draft Stars uh, for now. I've got a couple of plays at DraftKings that I'll mention as well. But um, what did the cruncher like at those platforms at that position? 
Um, so on the money ball side, I think Alex Smith's our favorite, um, $7,200. I think he's the top sort of dollars per point play there. Um, Taylor, Tyler Taylor, um, Watson, um, and Case Keenan, I think also show up as decent options at Moneyball at the moment. Um, draft stars, I think Josh Allen is by far the best value play. I think he's mm. priced 8250 Spicy. Uh, yeah, on draft stars. And, uh, I can't, I don't understand that pricing. I assume it was done before he was named as starter. Yep. Um, other than that, it's Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford um, next in line. And there you go. Um, so speaking of Alex Smith, uh, he's one of Josh Josh's plays. Um, he's jotted down Big Ben and Alex Smith uh, for in his absence. So he's a big fan of Alex Smith this week. Uh, you mentioned Tyrod Taylor and Case Keenum. Um, I don't mind those guys as well. I think they represent pretty good value. Um, Tyrod Taylor, especially at Draft Kings, is really good value. He's five thousand nine hundred, one of the lower end prices and does a lot of damage with his feet. So I think he can offer um, some value there. Um, I think Big Ben and Mahomes, obviously, with that implied total, one of those two um, is the way to go, just depending on where you where you play. It depends on the price. So I think uh, Big Ben is 7700 on Moneyball, so he's a little bit cheaper than Mahomes, um, whereas a draft, star, a draft Kings, Mahomes is cheaper than Big Ben. So there's just little subtle variances there, variances there where you can save, you know, um, a couple of hundred dollars, and that could be the difference between winning and losing uh, a yep. tournament. Um, if you're playing double ups and things, you can always just play it safe. But in GPPs, where you're trying to win or you know come in the top ten or top five, you've got to you know swing for the fences at, at times. It's also good to take advantage of that kind of thing, right? So if you spread your bankroll across the three platforms, you're naturally going to have different exposure to different players um, across the platforms, which um, helps your kind of long term profitability, right? Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more with that. And it's also worth noting, you know, percentage use by other players. So we'll get into running backs. Now it's very easy to say James Connor, and that's exactly what Woot's done here. He's listed James Connor, Le'Veon Bell's replacement, who had a massive game in week one and is a very popular choice this week. But what's his ownership going to be across the platforms? Um, could be given his price is, is a pretty good value, although he has gone up substantially, um, especially at DraftKings. But uh, you know, his percentage is just going to be so high. Um, are you really getting that much of an advantage? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of him last week. Um, I think his ownership was pretty high then. He doesn't show up as much on the country this week, but absolutely, yep. you got to take notice of the... Um, so you got to take notice of the ownership. It really just depends on what you're trying to do. If you're playing for a GPP, you're going to need those kind of points of difference, especially at DraftKings where you're competing against, you know, 10,000-plus other entries um, or 100,000-plus other entries. Um, you're going to need to have a point of difference, and he's probably not going to be it. Yep. Um, if you're playing cash games, then the opposite kind of applies, right? If 80% of your opponents have him, then you're probably better taking him and looking at where you can differentiate elsewhere on a player where you have a particular opinion. Yeah, definitely. And so James Conner is one that didn't come up on the cruncher much this week. Uh, who did? Um, so we've got Dion Lewis. Um, and he's kind of almost tied with kind of Lamar Miller as kind of value plays of draft stars. Um, Alfred Morris is up there as well. Kamara, I think, is playable at Moneyball at his price. He's 9,100 there. Um, he's also obviously the standout play at draft stars, but I think a bit too much, a bit too expensive there. Yep. Um, but three points higher than anyone else. So, again, you sort of pay your money, you take your choice there. Yeah, Kamara is a guy that I looked at um, in multiple Moneyball lineups just because you can't afford it, um, whereas DraftKings... And and draft stars, it's a little bit harder to to afford uh, those prices. Um, a couple of names that jump out at uh, for Josh as well. 
Um, he's gone with Melvin Gordon just as a cheaper option to Kamara and Gurley if you're building your lineup um, in an opposite way where you're loading up at wide receivers and, and quarterback. Um, it, we do need to make a note here. It's also very important to check the format of every um, platform that you play at, whether it's half-point PPR, full PPR, whether there's bonus points for 100-yard games and things like that. Um, it's all yep. important, and it all factors into scores. Um, so if you can't afford Kamara and Gurley, Melvin Gordon is a popular option there, um, given what we saw Buffalo uh, Buffalo do or get hammered by the Ravens last week. Um, TJ Yeldon could be an option if Leonard Fournette is down injured, um, just because we've seen um, this Patriots sort of defense allow 134 rushing yards and a touchdown to Lamar Miller in week one. So TJ Yeldon, arguably running behind a better line than what Houston, what Lamar Miller did, could be an option as well. I agree with uh, Josh there on all fronts. Uh, Royce Freeman is is an option for me just at Oakland on a short week um, up in the high altitude at mile high. I think he can be a good play. Uh, And this doesn't happen very often, but I kind of pushed it a little bit with with some running backs last year to you, um, handcuffing or stacking a running back to a quarterback when that running back seems to be sort of the second target for the quarterback. And James White was a popular option with Brady last season. Um, I do like James White this week if Rex Burkhead doesn't play. Um, He's going to have a high usage rate this week and is very, very very, very cheap on DraftKings and Moneyball. But I think Chris Thompson could be an interesting stack with Alex Smith just because he saw 27% of the target share uh, last week. Sorry, 24.1% last week and and was targeted in the red zone, tying Jordan Reed for targets in the red zone. So he's a popular um, target for Alex Smith. So that could be a kind of against-the-grain, contrarian-type stack. Yeah, I, I remember you talking about it last year. I remember it working really well for you on a couple of occasions last year. And like you say, it's it goes against the grain, the kind of popular thinking a little bit. And so it does kind of sometimes give you a point of difference in lineups, um, especially of interest on kind of platforms, on games like Moneyballs, where... There's plenty of salary to go around, and you kind of need those differences to separate yourselves from the pack. Yeah, I think a lot of people will probably be handcuffing sort of Jordan Reed with Alex Smith this week and stacking yep. it that way. Um, so, yeah, I might try and do a little things different here and there on, on, on a few different lineups. Um, one last running back that I don't mind, and I'd be seen to, uh, keen to hear your thoughts um, on what the Cruncher put out, is Christian McCaffrey um, with Greg Olsen out last year in games with him. His usage skyrocketed. Um, touches and targets went up um, substantially. Um, and then now Atlanta are missing their starting safety and linebacker, their two best defensive players. I thought McCaffrey could have a uh, a really good game. I think the stars are kind of aligning for him to have um, a good game. Uh, I wasn't sure. I haven't run him through the crunchy yet, but uh, I'm interested to see how he shoots out. Yeah, he's projected 13.1 or thereabouts. Um He's 7,500, so we've got some kind of cheaper options there, but he's definitely in that range where you'd be considering him. Um, certainly if you've got, you know, five, six, seven lineups, I'd imagine he'd show up in a couple of them. Yeah, okay, there we go. Well, that's all I need to hear. As long as it's not a full no, 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 then that's okay. Um, all right, moving on to wide receiver. Um, you know, obviously the studs always come up, but um, is there some other ones under the radar before we get to the studs? Um, who have we got? We've got Quincy Anua. Yeah, um, there we go. <laughs> projected him for eight points. Um, that he shows up particularly on Moneyball, but it's a case of whether you actually need to be saving money at Moneyball. But um, <laughs> if you do, yeah, fifty one hundred bucks, he's a good price. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of elite ones around. Yeah, we've got Antonio Brown showing up at Moneyball, which isn't surprising. He's two and a, two point eight 
to points or so higher than any other wide receiver. Yep. Um, and at 9,000, you can afford him with the way the salaries are constructed. Um, Brandon Cook shows up as one of the good players at draft stars, 10-4. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is technically questionable as we record this. Um, kind of closely ranked there with Julio. Um, wide receivers, obviously, you want to be looking at stacking options. So kind of one of the things I do is build kind of your standard lineups on the cruncher, and then I'll go back and say, okay, I want lineups with you know a quarterback, a wide receiver from this team, and run through those different scenarios. Stacking is harder on draft stars this year so far. Um, it's kind of hard to price stacks in without giving up a lot of points elsewhere, but I think there's a few options this week that we could look at. Yeah, definitely, and I, I love that Antonio Brown's coming up on, on the crunches as well because I think um, Big Ben and, Br- and Brown as a, as a uh, stack is, yep. although it's going to be widely popular, I, I feel like it's just going to give you a big advantage if you can go against the grain elsewhere in your lineup. Um, they're going to take a big chunk of your salary anyway, but um, I just have a feeling that that's going to be a, a massive week. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins, even in a bad week last week from Deshaun Watson, still had his fair share of targets and catches and yards, so... Um, in a better matchup here, um, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, you also he, got my favourite Matt Ryan Julio Jones stack as an option. Yeah, that's always, and he went off <laughs> last week. Um, the touchdown lack of touchdown production is is annoying. Um, that they sort of crapped the bed a little bit in the red zone, and that that's frustrating beyond belief. But um, that, those targets and those those yardage is nothing to frown at. Um, some yep. more sort of middle options um, if you want to go running back heavy off the bat. I like Kenny Stills this week. Um, he, he was huge last week, even off four targets. He should get more than four targets moving forward. It was just a weird game in that weather last week with all those delays and things. But um, the Jets allowed Golden Tate and Kenny Golladay to score at least 18 PPR points last week. And Kenny Stills is, looks like he's the, uh, the, the much-loved target of Ryan Tannehill's eye at this point. Um, Tyler Lockett now with uh, Doug Baldwin down. Lockett ran 15 to 21 routes from the slot last week and had a 51-yard touchdown against probably the best slot corner in the NFL in Chris Harris. And now they get the Bears D that just got torched in the slot by Randall Cobb. So I do like Tyler Lockett as a player this week. Um, I don't mind Marvin Jones if he's going to line up against Richard Sherman. We'll find out a little bit more um, sort of later in the week and over the weekend. Sherman didn't quite look himself. You know, he's 30 years old coming off an Achilles injury. So I don't mind Marvin Jones. And then Chris Godwin, it looks like uh, Deshaun... Jackson's out, and uh, he's going to go pretty big, and he's very cheap, um, 4600 at DraftKings. So I think he could have a big game, um, given how great you know Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing. MVP candidate Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, <laughs> like we all expected. Um, and then yeah. obviously, you know, if, if, if you are stacking Big Ben and, and Antonio Brown, obviously there'll be a few exposures or a few lineups from you with sort of Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, I'm assuming, with, with that high total. Yeah, it's another one that kind of, Makes sense to target. Um, something I'll be particularly doing, I think, at Draft Stars this week and seeing what I can do around that. Um, yeah, I think it's a good pick. Yep. Uh, one last sort of uh, note. Uh, Josh has also noted Dante Pettis for the 49ers. If Marquise Goodwin is out, Dante Pettis, after he went down, seemed to get a lot more targets. And I'm, I'm assuming he's very, very cheap. I'm just going to do a quick search now on DraftKings. Yeah, he's only $4,000 on DraftKings, uh, mm-hmm. which is... Pretty good value there in that system, and uh, yeah, he was a second-round pick for them um, this year, so they obviously have you know tickets on him. So that's one to watch with injuries. Injury news is on on Sunday. Sunday night is just so crucial um, to your to your lineup construction. So sometimes it's worth staying up late 
and being tired on a Monday morning. <laughs> or in your case, just staying up the whole night. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, I crash. Monday afternoon is like, I am dead. Like, it's just like, <laughs> and it's annoying because I'll have like a four-hour nap sort of like from two o'clock. And then I'll wake up at like six and then have dinner and then I can't sleep Monday night because I've just slept <laughs> yeah. all afternoon. And then on Tuesday, I'm just absolutely wrecked. It's just, yeah. it's not sustainable. Thank God. This, people want to make the NFL season go longer. Like, no thanks. Like, seven <laughs> weeks is 16, enough. Like, 17 yeah. weeks is enough. Yeah, by Christmas, I'm like just toast. So, oh, well, it's all, all you know, all fun and games. And, you know, you're winning cash. So, you know, I'm not going to yeah. complain. Um, Got to do the work. Yeah, plus it's hard to sleep with all that cash under your mattress. Um, so it puts your back out a little bit, so why not just stay awake? Um, all right, <laughs> moving on to the tight end position. I mentioned earlier that Jordan Reed will be a popular stack option this week with Alex Smith against the Colts defense that looks pretty um, easy to, to chunk or you know score on and, and get lots of yards on. But uh, a few other options this week. Uh, Josh has mentioned Josh, uh, Josh, George Kittle, and I know he's uh, come up in your notes as well. Yeah, he's one of the cruncher likes this week. Um He's, what, 5,700 on Moneyball. Um, we've got he and Ertz roughly kind of equal on value. Um, so I think Kittle kind of presents himself there as a way of differentiating your lineup. Yeah, and if we just mentioned if, if Marquise Goodwin is out, that could only help George Kittle as well, um, who looked to be a really reliable target for Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, that's yep. something to watch as well. So not only Dante Pettis, but George Kittle as well. Uh, he mentioned Travis Kelsey as well. It's weird. Kelsey seems to go really, really bad against the Chargers. If you look at his stats against the Chargers, as opposed to all his other games, his production is like weirdly like half. So the Chargers do a good job of containing Kelsey. Um, so there might be a few people that are kind of going cold on Kelsey. So there could be low ownership percentage, and it could be a little bit of a pod there where you kind of do a Kelsey Mahomes stack rather than a Tyreek uh, yep. and Mahomes stack. Yeah, gives you another good alternative there. Um, the I think the quarterback tight end correlation generally is slightly lower than the quarterback wide receiver one, but obviously that's kind of on a case-by-case basis. The Brady-Gonkowski kind of combination um, works two times as well. Yeah, that's that's just money, that one last week. Uh, just crazy how consistent those two are um, just about every single week. Uh, what else did the cruncher like this week? Um, I think Austin Spoon Jenkins um, Jags was the other kind of one that stood out. Uh, 6,900 on Draft Stars looks the best value play over there. Um, again, if you can afford him, Zach Ertz um, is kind of the top ranked player on draft stars. Yeah, there we go. Um, and I like uh, some more cheaper options as well. I'm kind of going more middle of the road ones with my selections here this week. Um, Jonu Smith, uh, Delaney Walker out for the season, unfortunately, which just is so unfortunate. Um, great player and a great guy. Um, but yeah, 3,100 on DraftKings. Very, very cheap. Jonu Smith. Um, pass catcher um, in for a big role without uh, Delaney Walker. Uh, Marcus Mariota likes targeting his tight end for his 4,300 on Moneyball. And Ricky Seals-Jones. Now, we saw Jared Cook um, just flat-out torch the Rams last week. And Ricky Seals-Jones, despite them being underdogs against the Rams, they're going to be probably behind in these games. Um, so it's worth noting that Seals-Jones was on the field for 37 of the Cardinals, 38 passing plays. He stayed in to block only twice. He only had 19 yards on three catches, but he had seven targets. So it's very encouraging. Um, the, the value of those targets probably not as great with Sam Bradford as their quarterback. But the Rams have those insane cornerback combos and a front seven that's crazy. But 
um, their linebacking corpse is where you can really sort of expose them and take advantage of them. And it was the it was what John Gruden saw with Jared Cook, and it worked for for a long time. And Cook had a lot of yards. So um, Ricky Seals Jones is a really cheap option, especially at DraftKings, only two thousand nine hundred. Yeah, it's a really nice price. Um, I looked at him. So we've got him projected, I think, for let me just find him here, eight and a half on Draft Stars and five point nine effectively on Moneyball. Yep. Uh, he's I think probably like the twelfth or so ranked player on Moneyball. We've got him at fifty three hundred, which just I think shows how cheap that DraftKings price is. Yeah. Um, and then on Draft Stars, he's six eight forty, so I suspect he'll show up a bit there. Yeah, like Johnny Smith's like a lot cheaper than Ricky Seals Jones, like a thousand dollars cheaper on Moneyball, and I think he's got a better quarterback situation. So probably lean to more more towards Jonu um, at Moneyball, but DraftKings definitely Seals Jones is definitely going to be in a lot of my lineups this week. And I mentioned Jared Cook; he has another good matchup this week against the Denver Broncos, who made a guy called Will Disley apparently had like four hundred career yards as a tight end. In college, he went for 100 yards and a touchdown last week against the Broncos defense, who can be beat with tight ends. So uh, Jared Cook could be kind of the funnel for the targets again this week. So um, people might not want to play him thinking, oh, that's the Jared Cook game. That's it now. Um, Although it could go the other way. Everyone's like, oh, Jared Cook, Jared Cook. It's Jared Cook year. Um, But we've seen Jared Cook have big games before and then just disappear for, for weeks and weeks on end. So... Um, he's one to watch, but there's plenty of options at tight end. Normally, I don't like tight end at all, um, but there's a lot of options this week. Yeah, I remember last year we talked, we made a joke of it every week, pretty much, right? Yeah. That it was there were no real plays. Yeah. I think the pricing structures of tight ends have changed a bit this year, and a bit more interest in the position. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you famously won a lineup starting two tight ends, so uh, <laughs> it's worked in the past. So you know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, defense. Pardon. It could be a strategy for this week. Wow, interesting. I can't wait to see uh, what you come up with. Um, but yeah, a high percentage of my lineups will have Seals Jones in them on DraftKings. Um, all right, defenses now, everyone's favorite. Um, we love defenses. What I do love is we don't have to talk about kickers anymore, um, yeah. which is great. So that just saves us sort of five, ten minutes every episode. Uh, but the defense this week, um, obviously the Chargers are going to be a very popular um, bet against Buffalo. Um, I'm not sure if Josh, Josh Allen being in at quarterback scares a few people off um, aside from, you know, Nathan Peterman, but still think they're a good matchup. They're 3,600 on DraftKings. And I like the Giants at Dallas um, because just, I don't know, I wasn't encouraged by the Cowboys offense last week. I think they really struggled. And I think they could be a play this week as well. Yeah, I mean, my general approach with defences hasn't changed this year, which is basically that I try and go into the cruncher and set them to 20, 25% max exposure. Um, you often get one that comes off, you get a couple of big t- touchdown returns or something like that, and you just want exposure. You want to be able to kind of spread your risk and have a couple of lineups that hit on the ones that do well. Um, Moneyball, I've got um, the Rams kind of as the premium option. Um, the Bears, despite their kind of implosion, show up as a somewhat of a play, along with the Cowboys, Redskins, Falcons. Um, at draft stars, prices, Texans, Vikings, Titans. Um, again, Rams is an option there. Yeah, uh, and Josh has jotted down the Vikings. Um, he said it will be in every lineup if, if Aaron Rodgers is out, uh, but it sure. doesn't, doesn't look like uh, he <laughs> will be out, um, but he's mentioned that, and he's also liked uh, the Bengals, stating that Thursday games are normally pretty low scoring, and there is a 
there is a low or a pretty low total for this game uh, tomorrow from memory, but it seems a little bit higher than what I thought it would be. But I still think that might go under. Um, so he likes the Bengals um, as well. So there's plenty of plenty of options there for you uh, to to make up your mind. By the way, the Giants they're two thousand seven hundred on DraftKings. I forgot to announce that price. Uh, all right, well that's pretty much it in terms of lineups uh, this week. Is there any anyone you're particularly sort of sold on, or probably be featured in most of your lineups that we could maybe make a, a lock of the week or a lineup lock of the week? Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously, it really depends what platform you're talking about. Um, Antonio Brown probably stands out as the option if you can afford him. Um, I think particularly if you're playing Moneyball which yep. is kind of the platform we've got in common at the moment. Um, yep. I think he kind of makes sense as the play there. Yeah, um, definitely. The only other thing I'd say is of keeping, of course, an eye on the weather in the Florida games. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. That's worth You've got, yeah, the whole kind of lineup construction changes if they are playing in those games in wet weather and obviously if they get postponed or something like that as well. Yeah, so uh, Philly at Tampa Bay and New England at Jacksonville look like they're in the kind of affected areas from this hurricane. Um, the Panthers are playing on the road at Atlanta, so that's not going to be a concern. I think most of the brunt's hitting Carolina um, with hur- Hurricane Florence. Um, it's been labelled the storm of the century. I feel like every hurricane gets labelled that. Um, so hopefully they're wrong again about that, um, and it's not yeah. as bad, obviously, not not for fantasy reasons, but just in general. Um, yeah. So worth keeping an eye on. Um, I think George Kittle could potentially be a lockup lineup, uh, a lineup lock of the week as well. Um, obviously not in every lineup, but I think um, he's been mentioned. You know, I potentially was going to jot him down as well, and saw that you and uh, Josh had already done. So I feel like he'll be in a fair chunk of my lineups just because he's significantly cheaper than than most of those other options there as well. So I think they're kind of the two guys that I like the most that we've talked about uh, on the pod today. Um, and that um, Big Ben, Antonio Brown kind of stack option, I think, will probably show up a few times. Yeah, definitely. Is there any other strategies before we finish up that that are worth mentioning sort of at the start of the year now before we um, move ahead to, to week three and four and onwards? Um, obviously, the stacking approach is kind of the traditional approach um, in DFS. I think a lot of it just depends on the contests you're playing and the platforms you're playing. Um I think there's a lot of people who talk about kind of points of difference and stacking on the Australian platforms, where I think particularly in some of the smaller contests, they're a lot less applicable. Um, yeah. I think people sometimes have a habit of going too extreme on um, draft stars and Moneyball, and maybe once in a while it pays off. But I think as a kind of a long-term return rate, you perhaps don't need to quite be as extreme. Um, but if you're playing those massive contests on um, DraftKings, then, yeah, by all means, if you're going to, going for the million-dollar prizes, um, you're going to need to have something pretty different to everybody else. Yeah, definitely. And do you think as well, like, you know, last week, and we're not here to, to gloat or anything, but, you know, the cruncher, uh, the, the Stats Insider model, you know, predicting a, a, a Tampa Bay, you know, cover or a potential win there, um, do you think if, if that's a, a good contrarian play, if you think you saw that, and did you have a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers well, not a lot, but did you have some of their players in the lineup just because you thought that, you know, they were going to go better than what their expected total, you know, was suggested by Vegas? Yeah, we look at that. So we, I definitely look at um, which teams we think are going to do better than the market does. Um, and again, again, that's particularly if you're playing on the US sites, there's just so much uh, material produced each week that relates to the Vegas line and 
the Vegas totals and Vegas predicted scores and stuff. That those the, the ownership levels of those kind of players naturally gets higher. So if you um, can kind of find some points of difference from a betting perspective and um, you're predicting kind of a higher team score or you're predicting that a favoured team is going to do less well, then that gives you certainly narrows your player pool and gives you some uh, more options to consider. Yep, definitely. I think that's a, a good way to go. So I suggest uh, doubling down with the Fantasy Lineup Cruncher uh, subscription with a uh, Stats Insider subscription as well and just... Uh, uh, cross the board from from DFS fantasy and uh, from a betting perspective as well. I think it's it's the way to do it, um, and you can just uh, double triple down there on on all those type of uh, plays and and help you win in in more than one way. Yep, um, and so it should be an interesting weekend. Obviously, we've got the DF, the NFL weekend, so we've also got the finals in the AFL and the NRL. Uh, we've got a couple of decent bets there as well. So. Yep. I'm looking forward to the games this weekend. It should be a fun weekend of sport. Yeah, and week week two of NFL is always good because um, you know there's always a, that huge overreaction to week one, um, so you get a little bit of a regression back to the mean here in week two, or you also get a doubling down on those overreactions um, if if a team is actually legit, and then it starts to to change the the format and the power structure in the NFL. So you know weeks three and four after week two, if there is some awesome surprising results from teams. Um, you'll see a bit of a shift in terms of ownership percentage on certain players and, and all sorts of things. So it can really change early on. That It's always fun and the variance in the first month and then it sort of starts to kick into gear and then you start to see some more edges and things you can take on from there. Yeah, um, I'd say it's still a bit of a learning phase the first few weeks. Yep. Pre-season obviously just limited in what it can tell us. So, um, yep. Looking forward to getting some more data in the repositories, and we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. All right, Daryl. Well, um, if people do want to uh, check you guys out on social media, they can just give you uh, a like on Facebook, uh, Stats Insider, and then Fantasy Insider is also on Facebook, I'm guessing? Yep, they're both on Facebook. They're at Stats Insider and at Fantasy Insider on Twitter, and statsinsider.com.au and fantasyinsider.com.au. And I'm on Twitter as at DP Woodford. And you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL, and you can follow the show at Woot and Why. We'll be posting this Thursday night, so you can listen to this Friday morning before uh, Thursday night football. And then if you want, you can listen again on Sunday before the main slate on Monday. And don't forget to check out the Punt Return podcast as well. And I've just put up my uh, college football tips for week three as well on statsinsider.com. Um, that's it from us for week two, and we'll be back next week for week three, uh, another successful week.